0: today's scripture reading is from Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name for the Lord is good his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations this is the word of God for the people of God thank you Gabriel for reading our scripture this morning good morning again I hope folks had a good Thanksgiving uh, my name is Emily again. I'm one of the pastors here. I want to invite you to pray with me. Lord, may the words of our mouths and meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. For we are gathered this day to worship you, to offer our gratitude to you, O God, as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, Amen. Gratitude is a great place to start any day. When my family gathers for Thanksgiving, we had this tradition that you might have as well. That when we gather, we come around the table and before we start that prayer to offer thanks to God, we each say one by one something or someone for whom we are thankful we take turns. Some folks think it's corny and some folks really enjoy it and get into it. Do you do this too in your homes? I know a lot of folks who do this. We're going to do that today in a little bit different fashion. You've got a piece of paper when you came in today. And if you didn't, our ushers have more. If you could raise your hand, they can bring some additional pieces of paper to you and pass those out if you didn't get a chance to pick one up before. What I want to invite you to do is take a moment to write down as if it's your turn like we're all one big family gathered around a table and with those online and if you're joining us online this would be a good time to get a scrap piece of paper or something with which you can write to like a pen or a pencil or a crayon does anybody else have you already put your grocery list on it and you need an extra one that might happen too All right, so we're going to pretend that it's your turn. I saw a hand over this way. We're going to pretend it's your turn and you're going to share. So I want you to write down on the piece of paper something or someone for whom you're thankful. And if you don't want to write it out, you can draw it. You can use shorthand. I invite the children to be part of this too. Anyone, any age can think of something, someone for whom they want to give thanks. While you're writing that down, I'll show you some examples. We had some folks posting on social media with the hashtag growing gratitude during our sermon series. So these are pictures of some of the folks' situations, experiences for which they are thankful. I'll give you a couple other ideas too while you're working on it. Maybe you're thankful for a place to call home, water, food, shelter, friends, family, Maybe you're thankful for the colors of the leaves this fall. Maybe you're thankful for the flavors of these past few days. Pumpkin spice, apple cinnamon, or leftover turkey. Maybe you're thankful for that cranberry sauce with little ridges from the can. And maybe you're thankful for the Washington Commanders, but I doubt it after Thursday's game. <laughs> Maybe you're more thankful for the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> today. At least for me, I'm thankful for a break to take a uh, to take a break from washing dishes when any football game comes on in the afternoon on Thanksgiving Day. And just maybe today, we're thankful too for the way God loves us. Thankful that God is with us in and through everything in our lives. And we're thankful too. For all these people beside us and online at this very big table we call the church. Whatever you write or draw, I ask you to hang on to that piece of paper because we're going to use it a little bit later in the service. So we start with gratitude to God today. As we continue to develop gratitude as a spiritual practice. This is a practice that shapes us. Because saying thank you to God out loud or written down or sung or danced. Is a way to praise God. It is a form of worship. It is a form of worship that shapes who we are and who we are becoming. Gratitude is a vital part of how we begin to understand who we are and whose we are and how we see one another in the world. To be able to look at any person and say, I thank God for you. This is what our psalm is about, gratitude. It begins, this psalm begins in gratitude and praise. The Psalms are like a hymnal or worship and song book for the Israelites, for the Jews, for Jesus, for the disciples and for us. And Psalm 100 is the psalm that we've been saying together aloud in worship for six weeks now, every week in the series. I hope that saying this psalm every week has had an impact on you. I hope some people have started to memorize it. I hope that it becomes a part of who you are. It is a good psalm to carry around inside. My husband and I have been reading this psalm at home as well. In fact, on Friday, he said, you know, you can sum this psalm up in just two words. Praise God. Then he suggested, why don't you stand up on Sunday and just say that for the sermon and then sit down. (laughs) And then everyone can go home early (laughs) and watch more football, which is what he was planning to do. He might be right, but don't tell him Um, (laughs) because I want to unpack something more in these verses. So if you've got your Bibles with you or you've got one uh, on your phone, I invite you to open that up to Psalm 100. Because as we read through the verses of the psalm, one of my journalism professors would be so impressed because this psalm contains the who, what, why and where of praising And thanking God. Verses 1 and 2 give us that what. What we do when we praise. Make a joyful noise, it says, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness, however that gladness and joy come out. On our recent mission trip, as you saw in the video today, praise often came out in singing and dancing and clapping and laughter and in relationship. And seeing God in nature and seeing God in one another and in the world around us. The same is true here as well. Scripture says, come into God's presence with singing. And don't worry about how the singing comes out. We are told to make a joyful noise together. Verse 3 then tells us who. Who we praise. Know that the Lord is God and we are not, the psalm says. The psalm says, praise God, our creator, and no one else. Not any other gods or idols that we set up. Sometimes it looks like we worship anything but God in our culture. Like celebrities or politicians or sports teams or the nation. Money possessions, careers, you name it. We might not call it worship, but sometimes it is when we orient our lives to praise and follow any of that instead of God. One of my seminary professors liked to say that human beings can make a God out of anything. This psalm tells us there is only one we rightly praise. And that is the one who made us. None of us are self-made people. Not really. Our culture gets that wrong too. This psalm says that our identity is found in God. The God we know as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are God's people, God's children, the sheep in God's pasture. Which means that we are not on our own out here. We have someone to whom we belong. And it's a privilege to belong to the one who made us. And have a relationship with this God who cares for us and cares about us. And is with us out there in that field. A good shepherd who loves us. This is who we praise. Verse 4 comes next, and this tells us where, where we praise. This psalm says we come to a place of worship. Described in this psalm by using words that would bring up imagery from the old Hebrew temple, words about gates and courts and our time what we would call the church. We give thanks to God and bless the name of God in church, in a place of worship. And yes, for all those joining us online, we can worship God anywhere. Because wherever we are is where God is. And God probably beat us there to it. And comes along with us as we find a place to worship God together. But as a pastor for me... I can worship God out in nature and still there's something very special about gathering with all of you on a Sunday morning in this sanctuary to be here for worship together. Verse 5 wraps it up and tells us the why and this is the best part. This is why we praise and thank the Lord because our thanks is based on who God is is. The Lord is good, the Psalm says, and loves us with a love that's not temporary and not conditional. This Psalm says God's love is steadfast, unwavering, and endures not for a while or a season, but forever. It says God is faithful to all generations, not some generations, not some people, All generations, all people. And nothing we do can change that. No matter how much we try to put limits on who or what God loves. God's love and goodness are not based on our preferences. Thanks be to God. God's love and goodness are based on who God is always. Thanks be to God. So Psalm 100, yes, in a nutshell, my husband's right. We could just simply say, praise God. And then the who, what, where, and why back that up. Now maybe thanking God comes very easily today and you've already covered the front side, flipped it over, and the back side of that little piece of paper, it is full of all of that or the people or things in your life for which you're thankful but maybe today the paper's still blank and you don't know what to say. Just maybe there are things going on in life that make it hard to give thanks today. I've lived long enough to know that that can happen to any of us. And there are real problems and questions that can make it hard to thank and praise the Lord. Maybe it's the loss of a job, the loss of somebody we love. Maybe it struggles with substance abuse or mental illness. Maybe it's a diagnosis or a separation or another deployment when your family already feels torn apart. The list could go on and on. Or pick up a newspaper. Or look at the headlines. We live in a world of war and violence. And systemic injustice and prejudice and division and contentious politics and poverty and hatred or condemnation of some group or another or person or another. And maybe it feels like there's not much for which to be thankful today. Gratitude may feel like too big of an ask. And if that's where you are, you are not alone. Those are the times when for me, I go back to Psalm 100 and back to verse 5 to remember the why of thanks and praise, which tells me that gratitude as a child of God is never based on my circumstances. That thanks and praise is based on who God is and that God is with us in all those and any and every circumstance, whatever it happens to be. There are times in our lives when gratitude sounds like a strange thing in this discordant practice, but it doesn't have to be true. A robust spiritual practice of gratitude and praise can well up from what is hard and recognizes that problems and deep concerns need to be addressed. As that same seminary professor used to say, life is hard, sometimes very, very hard, and God is with us in it. And that makes the difference. This robust Spiritual practice of gratitude and praise does not turn away from or ignore the hurts and needs of our lives or anyone else's. The difference in this practice of gratitude and praise is that as Christians, we can be deliberate, like Hank said, and refuse to let all that for which we are not thankful have the last word. Or define who we are. We've got problems. Yes. Yes we do. And yes we always will. But those problems do not get to define us. Or tell us who we are. Or whose we are. Gratitude, like Psalm 100 talks about, is this countercultural thing, like this holy act of defiance, which saying in my southern slang, like where I was raised, bring it on, because this world ain't all there is. Amen? There is more. Another world is possible and by the grace of God, the kingdom of God is present and growing and here and coming. And that is a kingdom and a world marked by hope and grace and peace and love and mercy and kindness. And that kingdom, that God who brings it, gives us reason to hope. Because hope is based on a God who never lets us go and is faithful to all generations. That is our firm foundation and won't fail us now and did not fail us in the past and will not fail us in the future no matter what. God didn't bring us this far to forget about us now. I learned that again back on that mission trip. That, no, we don't know how to fix things. And that does not stop us from singing and praising God. Regardless of circumstances. Why? Verse 3, verse 5. God is still God. And God is still good. And God is still faithful. And God is still the one who saves and heals. And so bring it on, because this world ain't all there is. I came across a quote this week that I want to share with you. It's by a Quaker minister, and honestly, I don't know anything else about him. Uh, his name is Reverend Andy Stanton Henry. But this is something that he said that I liked. The practice of giving thanks reminds us. That the ultimate source and provider in our lives is not the market, not the government, not human ingenuity, but the creator. Gratitude allows us to release fear and take up courage and compassion and grace. This practice of gratitude helps us to shift our energy toward what is present and possible rather than what is absent and improbable. To what is rather than what isn't. And to the one who is with us in whatever, forever. To this God who calls us to put our focus on what matters. And we all know that where we put our focus is what tends to grow. Because if you come, here's an example, right? If you come to something expecting to find something wrong, you're just waiting for it. You're looking for it. What's what's going to be said? What's going to happen? I guarantee you will find it. Whether that's a pastor or a church or a restaurant or a hotel or a vehicle or a job or a person. If you're looking for something you're not going to like, I guarantee you'll find it. And if you're looking for something for which you'll be thankful, I guarantee you'll find that too. Where we put our focus is what tends to grow, and where we put our focus is what we tend to see. I learned that from children a very long time ago. I have five godchildren in the same family, and when they were little and I lived in Richmond, I would gather with them for supper often. And when we'd gather together around the table, that's the five children, the two parents and me. And so it was a crowded table and they knew that before the prayer, they were going to get asked this question. Who wants to give thanks to God tonight? And immediately ten hands right up in the air. Each kid raised both hands and the little ones were saying me do me do. And they knew that every night they were going to get the opportunity to say, thank you, God, for something. They were going to shout it. They were going to sing it. They were going to clap it. They were going to make it a joyful time before it was time for the prayer. And because they knew that was coming, they would go through the day with their eyes and their hearts peeled for that which they could share. I'm going to say, thank you, God, today for We had peanut butter at lunch. Does it matter what it is? We can say thank you to God for um, the turkey that some of us ate this week. Thank you to God for a place to live. Thank you to God for water. Thank you to God ultimately for who God is with us. No matter what is going on, that is something no one can take away.